Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Taz Thornton, who's an award-winning business and personal empowerment coach, a best-selling author and, of course, an international speaker, having spoken on some of the world's biggest stages. So Taz, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. Thank you. And just out of interest for some of our international listeners, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I'm in Lincolnshire, England right now. Earlier this morning, I was in Reading, just been to an awards ceremony last night, and I got back in probably about an hour ago. Okay, <laughs> and you're ready to go, so that's great. Always, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And I just want to just share a little bit more about you before we do get started. So Taz has coached two BBC Dragons, actors and politicians. She's been featured on ITV, BBC, Sky and other leading media outlets. And it's living proof that it's entirely possible to turn your life around and create the future you want to live. So Taz, I know that you're currently using public speaking in many forms to inspire and motivate people all over the world. I'd love to know, were you always naturally confident public speaker or is it something you've had to work on? It's something I've chosen to work on. Um, yeah. I'm naturally quite an introvert, but when life threw me lots of challenges and I went beyond the, the time where I was trying to escape from life, and thank goodness I failed in those checkout attempts, my goodness, mm. I, I chose to turn those experiences into something that could mean life or death. It could mean something for other people who were also on that precipice and want thinking maybe life wasn't for them. So I started there um, and it got to the point where I felt my sole mission, if you like, was bigger than me to help, to inspire, to motivate, to support others as much as possible. And because that mission was so much bigger than, than little old me, I needed to get over myself. Mm. And that meant that I needed to get used to speaking in front of bigger audiences because. I can't get that message out to the people that I believe and put it, I'm, I'm here to get it out to if, if they don't know where I exist. So the best way to be as successful as I possibly can with that thing I call my soul mission is to get to bigger and bigger audiences. Now, of course, some of that's online. The world of social media opens up so many opportunities for us, but it also means stepping out on, onto a stage. And Actually, I find smaller audiences can be more intimidating mm. than big auditoriums. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what a powerful comparison to say, um, you know, I've got this maybe slight fear of embarrassing myself versus I can save lives through the power of my message. Um, it really does make the small fear, that little voice you've got inside your head, insignificant compared to the impact that you can have in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still the person. If, if I'm dropped into the middle of a social situation or a party or a barbecue, I'm still the person hiding in the kitchen going, come and go yet. Have enough people seen us here? Can we escape now? Mm -hmm. But I've, I've conditioned myself enough now that if I go into a room and I have a purpose, I, I'm going to be the speaker at this event. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be standing tall and I will be feeling full of confidence because I have that purpose yeah. and I know why I'm there. And I think for, for the kind of introverts watching and those who 
have those 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 fears and those nerves and those anxieties around speaking that's something that's that, that i found is a really useful message to pass on that if you do get to the point where you have a strong enough message when you work in walk in with the purpose and you know you have that message that can override the anxieties the stresses the fears the worries and again you know people will see me on a stage and assume that i'm full of confidence yes in that situation because i've conditioned myself for that situation but social situations i'm still full of social anxiety i'll still be trying to hide behind me yeah glass of whatever's in it i can absolutely resonate with that um and we'll probably dive into that in a little bit more detail but i think the next question for me is um around the power of public speaking so I call this podcast succeed through speaking and that's really to help motivate people to realize the power of that so how do you think public speaking can help people to succeed in life and in business I think if if I'm if I'm sitting in my own company I can um and ah I actually I don't procrastinate much now but I used to we can Mm -hmm. procrastinate we can get lost in our thoughts We can do all kinds of things to delay the inevitable, whatever that inevitable might be. When you're standing on a stage in front of tens, hundreds, thousands, however many people who are waiting for you to lead them, you can't procrastinate. Yeah. You can't just stand there and freeze. You can't just go and make yourself a cuppa and put it off for a little bit more. You can't go, or just check TikTok. Well, you can, but you wouldn't be invited back to that stage. You've got people who are there who are hungry who are waiting for you to inspire them and to lead them in some way. And, and that's a really important point to remember too, that when you step into the place of being a speaker, you are stepping into a place of leadership. Mm. Yep. And you can't dilly-dally or faff about if someone is waiting for you to lead. So I think that's one of the greatest skills is it forces you to learn to think on your feet and to not just be reactive, but responsive and to start planning a little way ahead. So I'll be scanning the audience before I've even started to speak and starting Mm. to kind of, this might sound a little bit woo-woo, but kind Mm -hmm. of starting to intuitively tune in and go, what's needed here? Yeah. Who's who's going to be the one in this audience that's going to sit with their arms folded and not want to engage? How do I crack that person? Because if I get that person to smile, by default, I've got everyone. So it forces us to act. It forces us to really understand how quickly we can respond. It teaches us to have little stories and gems up our sleeves it teaches us to 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 read our audience to read the room it teaches us to learn not to script i never speak to script i'll always have kind of some bullet points i'll always Mm -hmm. speak to whoever the organizer is what is it you want me to 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 create for this audience what do you want the transformation to be what do you want them to be walking out thinking what do you want to change and i'll hold that in mind but one of the agreement the agreements i always insist on is right you give me these parameters but i will not script these are some of the points i will cover but you need to trust me to be able to work with that audience to pull out of them and to give to them whatever is going to generate the the change the transformation that they need so it teaches you to do all of that as well it teaches you to read people on mass and to trust yourself if a thought pops into my head, of course, there's a little bit of a sense check that goes on first. Yeah. But if I get a really strong feeling or a thought of something that needs to get out there, nine times out of 10, I'll do it. Whoever, whoever or whatever that is that's feeding stuff to me, they probably know more than I do. So just go with it. So I think yeah. that's the number one. It tre- teaches you to trust your intuition. 
I love all of that. So much great value in there. There's a couple of things I just want to pick up on. I think first is that reading the room and second is around scripting. So in terms of that first point, I think it's really important what you said about looking around the room, trying to tune in, trying to think about who can I help? Because turning that spotlight away from yourself out to the audience is one of the best ways actually to get over that fear of what if I embarrass myself? So I think that's Not really about important. me. I'm there mm. to serve them. Yeah, serve them, add value. So that's a really, really great We're point. a conduit as a speaker. Yes. That's what yes. Yeah, the message comes flows through us to to them. Yeah, and and I guess the second point is around scripting. So I had big fear of public speaking, this desire to be perfect because I didn't want to make a mistake <laughs> and embarrassing myself. Yeah, so yeah, I used to script word for word, spend three or four weeks memorizing it every night, stressing over it. And when I delivered it, it was robotic and millimeter perfect. But if I forgot one word, it, it just threw the whole thing out. So yeah, I think it's so important that you just don't script. There's a couple of points I'd bring up there. Number one, perfection. We need to recognize that actually there's no such thing as perfection. And we know there's no such thing as perfection because whenever we put a piece of work out, even if it's a social media post Mm. and we think that's spot on, that's perfect. You read that back a week later and you'll go, oh, we should have said that or that. So perfect is a moving face. There's no such thing. So perfectionism is really just a publicly acceptable term for procrastination which is the publicly acceptable term for making excuses and not doing stuff yeah yeah the other point and and you hit this beautifully um i remember at one of the because i've done i've done three ted talks now and i remember at one of those talks um one of the speakers we, we they had to get they had to stop them part way through because of course with the TED talk it's it's essentially a live filming studio mm-hmm. and some of the tech hadn't worked. Yeah. And so they had to pause the speaker part way through and then they reset. And when the feedback came back for that event, everything was great except a lot of people complained about the fact that this speaker then delivered exactly the same thing, perfect pitch, spot on, and they felt that it was over rehearsed. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing I would say to that is to anyone watching who who's ever been to a networking meeting or goes to networking regularly, how often do we see somebody turn up and they always deliver exactly the same pitch? Mm-hmm. Now I know some trainers will say that's the right thing to do, but for me I switch off. It's mm. wallpaper. Yeah. For me, if I'm going into a room in an, in a networking scenario, I'll be looking around and saying who and thinking, who do I need to connect with today? Who who might I want to work with? Who can I help? Who can I serve? And I will create my pitch. Not really a pitch, is it? It's, I will create my service statement mm-hmm. to connect with those individuals. And it's always yeah. going to be different. When someone mm-hmm. always delivers the same thing and it's rote, we switch off. Mm, we don't, yeah. and, and also it, it eventually gives that air of oh my God, boring. Can they not say anything different? Are yeah. they Are they no more than this statement? You know, so, but, yeah. it, and it's easier too. If, if, you can, if you can find the courage to ditch the script, and I train a lot of people to speak too. And I remember one of the, one of the women I've been training to speak, the script is like a comfort blanket. It's, you remember Dumbo's magic feather? That's what your script is. Yeah. And, and she stood there in, in this event and I watched her speaking and she had her script in her hands and she did not look at it once. She didn't stick to it. She didn't mm-hmm. look at it. She didn't read from it. And at the end, I walked up and said, give me your script. And I tore it up in front of her. And she was like, <gasps> yeah, panic. How yeah. many times did you look at that? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> and it's so much better. Your audience will connect with you so much more if you just speak from your heart. And it's one of the reasons I always tell people, 
to only speak about topics that you know inside and out that you have a real passion yes. for that it's your drive it's your story or it's something that you are intimately connected with and know inside and out if you only speak about things that you know or you've experienced we don't need a script do you because you know the story speak from your heart take your heart follow your heart and take your brain with you as the saying goes yeah speak from your heart yeah. drop the script and you will find people will follow you far more readily yeah really really, really important so thanks for all of that and can I just take it back to the very beginning for just a second so what was your earliest memory of having to stand up and deliver a presentation and how did it go <laughs> well I could take you right back to English lessons at school when we used <laughs> yeah. to do those presentations but as a grown-up mm-hmm. um before I became a full-time coach speaker and trainer and author and all that jazz um I was in publishing and I was editor for various different magazines some some consumer some business and particularly when I was on the business to business circuit we used to hold these big black tie awards events but the one one was out last night it's gone full circle and I'd be tasked with scripting them and I'd sometimes have to stand up and present and I remember the first time I was told about I don't know, about a week before the event. Oh, actually, you're not just scripting this. You're 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 presenting this alongside a celebrity compare. Wow. I beg your pardon. What? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. And we're talking Park Lane Hotel, hundreds of people. <clears throat> and I did it and it was okay. Mm-hmm. But I made every schoolgirl error in the book. Yep. Yeah. I'd got everything going around in my head. Pitch it properly. Don't speak too quickly. Don't speak too slowly. And I realised I was speaking too quickly, so I had to slow down. And then I started slowing down <laughs> and leaving lots of pauses. <laughs> and <laughs> loads of people congratulated me afterwards. And I didn't know how well I'd done. I had mm-hmm. no idea because when you're in it at first, you know, now I get off a off, off a stage and I'll give my, I'll score myself out of 10 and work mm-hmm. out what I could have done better yep. at the time when you first start doing it I'm sure you'll 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 relate to this time but no idea how I did how I did I was just in the, the moment I was just, I was just doing it yeah yeah but it this was it was way back in the days of the internet was only just starting to come onto everybody's desktop back then mm-hmm. and somebody was streaming it out to a website which was so high tech man my goodness a real video onto a website really mm-hmm. And I forced myself to watch it back and it was painful. But I watched that video with all the speeding up and the slowing down and the overly dramatic pauses so many times. It was my best training ground. So I would say that to people too. So many people I'm like, oh, no, I don't watch myself back. I hate the sound of my own voice. We all say, well, that's just because when when we speak, when we're speaking it out loud, it's vibrating through all the different bones in our heads and in our ears. And when we hear it back, it's coming through a different set of bones. Yeah. And so it sounds different. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah. Get yourself over that one. And if you can record yourself speaking, not just in your bedroom, when you have a gig, even if in the early days, I used to set, a, set my phone up at the back of the room on a little 20 quid tripod from Amazon mm-hmm. and leave it there, record the whole thing and force yourself to keep watching it back. It's the best way to learn if you're not going to go and have professional training even if you have had professional training do that anyway because other people will give you feedback but the best feedback is going to be the recording and you can learn so much from that perfect perfect great piece of advice for people just starting out at the very beginning so let's take a look at the other end then so let's say someone's listening and they've done a little bit of public speaking they've they've got the bug and and they want to move to this space of actually getting paid to speak, keynote speaking, speaking on the international stage. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to make that transition? 
number one, you've got to build your visibility. Yeah. Number two, you've got to build your visibility. Number yeah. three, guess what's coming? You've got <laughs> yeah, to build your visibility. visibility. You've yeah. got to get out there on social media. You've got to show up. You've got to build. So many people talk about building an audience, but for me, what's more important is building your tribe. And the way I describe mm. this is your audience is everyone who knows you exist. Everyone mm. whose feed you pop up on, that's your audience. If you look at that as pie chart, which is why I'm making lots of big round gesticulations, yep. there'll be a tiny slice of that who are people who hang on to your every word, are becoming your advocates, and are ready to buy whatever you put out there to recommend you, and who just thinks the sun sh- think the sun shines out of your what's it, you know? That's mm-hmm. your tribe. So, and that 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 percentage in terms of that pie chart, I reckon, always stays the same. But as yeah. you grow your audience, the percentage stays the same, but the numbers grow. Got it. So. Yeah. You, you need to be showing up. You, know, you also need to be really clear about what it is. What's your message? Who, who do you serve? Who is that message for? What's the difference that it's going to make? What's the mm-hmm. point of mm-hmm. your talk? How are you different to everyone else? And who do you want to be speaking for? Who are the businesses you want to be speaking for? Which are the shows or events you need to be speaking at? And you need to start making those connections in the right way. Another thing I would say is never, ever, 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 ever pay to speak. I think because there are so many people now who've realized, as you said a few minutes ago, who get the bug for speaking. It is Mm -hmm. as addictive as tattoos. Mm -hmm. You get the bug (laughs) for speaking. Um, And because that's out there so much and because there are so many new speakers who essentially are desperate for assets, Mm -hmm. they need their pictures, they need testimonials, they need a showreel. And so there's this big industry now growing up around charging people to speak yeah but the more you buy into that the more you decimate your future as a speaker because who on earth is going to pay you to speak long term when there are so many of us who are saying yes i'll pay to get on that stage and flip that around in another way when you become a professional speaker and if you're getting to the point where you're wanting to be paid for gigs you are get you're a pro speaker mm. that's your work can yep. you think of any other scenario where you would pay someone to allow them to work for you? No. It's crazy. So don't pay to speak. Create your own opportunities. And right back at the beginning, my goodness, right back at the beginning, when I was starting to speak as me rather than for some of the corporates I'd worked for before, mm-hmm. I was showing up to the opening of an envelope, mm. you know, show yep. up everywhere. If you're on the networking circuit and you're doing the little talks and, and at, at the networking events, treat them as a full-on speaking gig. And afterwards, you know, take note of who's at that event, go to them on LinkedIn and ask them all to give you a testimonial for your speaking. Mm. You're going to build that way. Grab every opportunity, speak everywhere you can and get someone sitting in that room, picking up your camera, even if it's just your camera phone and taking shots. Teach them the angles, teach them where you want the shots from, have them walking behind you so they get that famous Mm -hmm. shot from the back of your head and the audience in front of you, one from the back of the room. And when yeah. you're lining up your photos, for goodness sake, if there are empty chairs, take them out of the shot. Yes. Because yeah. if you're in an auditorium with 5,000 people, but on your, on your video or your photos, there's five empty seats at the front, it looks pants. Mm, yeah. I and if you're, in, if you're somewhere <laughs> with fixed seats, I've been known to refuse to start until people from the back have come and filled the seats at the front. And I'll turn that into part of the talk. Yeah. And then I'll teach them why. I'll literally yeah, yeah. go into, look, guys, anybody here who wants to be doing what I'm doing one day, this is why I've done this. You can have this piece of advice for free. Hmm. It's because empty seats look rubbish on your marketing picks. Yeah. All yeah. of that. 
Love it. Yeah, there's so much in there. Um, I, I can't even reframe that. So what I'll do is I'll just add all that to the show notes so people can just have that great <laughs> advice. Um, but yeah, that, that's been great. Thank you. And I think one, one last question, just because it's very topical at the minute, is around this whole thing called the global pandemic that happened in 2020. Yeah. Um, it, it, it switched off speaking as, as such, you know, in person at events and conferences. How did you transition during that period? Um, online. I spoke yes. all over the world during lockdown. It was mm-hmm. great. You know, I could be in the US one minute and United Arab Emirates the next. Yeah. So the downside to that, of course, is that it doesn't look as good to get a screenshot as it does to have you actually on a stage. Yeah. Um, the great thing about the pandemic is, of, of, and, and the lockdowns, of course, is that there were occasional windows between the various lockdowns. And I did mm-hmm. do some speaking between those times. Right. Um. It was weird though speaking to a room full of masks with me at the front yeah. saying, No, you don't need to wear a mask, you're the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but use them all as assets, even with online gigs. Mm-hmm. Get get the testimonials. Yeah. And again, because it's global, it's it's I, I think I think now we're coming out of that. I suspect some of the speaking gigs will remain online. Mm-hmm. And yeah. rather than opportunities dying, I think it might expand them, but we'll be doing things differently. Yeah. So, you know, my speaker training retreats were the, the one I, I usually run two a year and in lockdown around one through all of them. And it had been postponed so many times. I, I haven't even set dates for the next one yet because I'm mm. a little bit nervous about what they might do again. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but the, there is there's still a hunger for live events. You know, I've got. Am I as busy now as I was before lockdown with in-person events? No, I think I've probably got four or five lined up for this year Mm -hmm. thus far yep but i'm being asked to speak online regularly so remember that too guys that um just because you're speaking online it doesn't mean you shouldn't be paid for it yep you will have some gigs where they don't pay a lot of the business shows for instance don't pay but they won't expect you to pay them anything some do some will try and sell you a stand in the speaking Mm -hmm. package No. If we all start saying no, they'll have to stop doing that. Um, yep. But there are some events where I'll still go and speak for free because I know the return from the audience will more than mm. balance that, mm-hmm. which takes me on to one quick other point, selling from stage. I don't do it. I hate yep. it. Yeah. Um, for me, if I, if I serve my audience powerfully enough, hyphen deliberate, because it's, it's not about being powerful and having power over them. It's about being in your own power, powerful. Mm-hmm. If I serve my audience power fully enough, they will seek me out and they will yeah. come and ask to do work with me. Yeah. I don't need people to be sitting down and then me to be pushing stuff at them or trying to trying to get people onto a free webinar, which of course is only going to be an upsell. Yeah. I want people to genuinely feel that I've changed something for them and come to want to be with me afterwards yeah. on that basis Definitely. rather than me selling my soul. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really important. And, you know, it may well be the first touch point you've had with that audience member on that public speaking. Yeah. And there should be several touch points before a sale happens anyway, um, to build that no like and trust factor. So but if you're doing your social media regularly and showing up enough, you won't yeah. even realize you've had half of those, mm-hmm. those touch points, people will come to you, and you'll think you don't know them. Yeah. But they've been stalking you for so long yeah. that you've been touching them all over for years, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that yeah. can bypass the system quite beautifully. Yeah, perfect. Now, for those people listening, you're about to see this, but in the video, we can see lots of books behind you, Taz. Um, so for anyone listening, where can they 
get in touch with you? You know, what, what are your books you've got? What are your websites? Where, where can people reach out and connect with you? Uh, TazThornton.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on pretty much every social channel. You can find you find, can find me there. Apart from Snapchat, I'm there, but I don't look as <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, everywhere else. If you find me on a social media channel, I'm active on. Ping me a message. I might not look at it so straight away. Sometimes mm-hmm. my team will see it first, yep. but I will always go and read everyone and respond Brilliant. appropriately when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email me through the website too. You can find me on Amazon, all my stuff there, and in all good bookshops. Yeah, just get in touch, and I promise I'll read it again. Excellent. It won't always be an immediate response, but I will come back to you. Thank you so much. And what I'll do, Taz, is I'll put all of those links into the show notes as well so people can just click on them and connect with you and, you know, go from there. Thanks so, so much. Thank you so much again for your time today. I really appreciate you coming along and sharing loads of great value with our audience today. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.